Hey, welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. It is October 16th, 2017. I'm Tim Patterson, uh, known as Trade Show Guy, uh, owner of Trade Show Guy Exhibits, and we do a lot of things at Trade Show Guy Exhibits. We work with clients that need uh, to upgrade a booth because, you know, their last one looked like a train wreck. I've heard that before. We do project management, design and fabrication, uh, coordination, all that sort of thing. It's fun stuff. And I also got a book out called Trade Show Success, 14 Proven Steps to Take Your trade show marketing to the next level and if you're seeing this on the blog you know the blog is is i uh, got a lot of stuff on it tradeshowguyblog.com if you're catching this on audio like you're subscribed on itunes because you just ran across it uh, check out the blog all right well uh rain has returned to oregon <laughs> and i wish we could send some to northern california oh man i, I have friends uh, near the bay area and hope that uh, they're all okay with this crazy, devastating fires they've had the last week or so down just north of San Francisco up in Napa Valley. Uh, today in the podcast, I get to chat to Lou Bortone, who teaches video marketing online. And uh, he's got a new book out, which we'll talk about, and a few other things that have to do with using video. So if you're using any video or thinking about it, whether it's live on you know Facebook and Twitter or just produced stuff that you can post, uh, YouTube or Vimeo or pre-recorded, whatever, this is going to be worth your while. It's a trade show guy, Monday Morning Coffee. I want to welcome Lou Bortone to the show this morning. Hello, Lou. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Tim? Good. You're in, uh, you're, you're in Boston area, as I understand it. I am. The, the, as we speak, the leaves are falling off the trees and we're getting that whole uh, foliage thing happening. They say the Northeast is a great place for that. A lot of places in the country are, but you know, that's, that's like famous out there. So yeah, I, great. I've never made it over there for that time of year. I've been to Boston once and, and it was a great city to walk around in because of the history and stuff. It's really kind of Absolutely. cool. Yep. So I wanted to talk about your uh, new book today, uh, Video Marketing Rules. Tell me about the book and is it just out? Has it been out for a little while? What's the story mm -hmm. on the book? Just out. Um, it's one of those things uh, where, you know, I talked about doing it for years and just finally said, okay, I got to do this thing. Um, because, you know, I do video marketing for a living. And my fear was always like, well, the minute the book comes out, it may be out of date. But then I realized, well, if I focus more on the principles than the technology, those, those are sort of evergreen. So um, finally got it done. And it's really just to help folks um, tackle video, video marketing to, to, promote and market their business. So what kind of principles, because uh, I thought that, that's a great approach, I think, is, is to what's evergreen, what, what is important about doing video. Obviously, video online is much easier than it was a while, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago. It's a lot cheaper to produce than it was five or 10 years ago. Everyone can do it on their, you know, their phone or their iPad or whatever. So exactly. what are some of the principles you focus on in the book? Well, a lot of folks think, you know, they do need a lot of equipment or they get intimidated by that. And, and as you said, you know, these days, an iPhone or an iPad or a webcam is more than adequate. So I try and focus on principles like, you know, the video purpose. What's the goal of your video? Why are you doing video? Your video premise, which is your message, which is obviously the most important part, the content. Um, video platform, which is, you know, what platform should you use? Uh, is Zoom something like this appropriate or are you better with Facebook Live or YouTube. So I really try and focus on, um, on, the, on the principles of video rather than the, uh, you know, the, the technology. Yeah, there's a lot of tools that, and those tools will change. Some will be around for a long time. I suspect, you know, YouTube and Facebook will be be around for a long time. Uh, you may get uh, a lot of uh, a distance out of uh, Periscope on Twitter. I don't know. It doesn't seem to be as popular, but yeah. it's still there, and I've used it. Uh, and, and so, and, and even a platform such as Vimeo, 
has been around for quite some time and, and it's, it's focused as well. And, and, and I think video will be around for a long time. Uh, I'd be curious to know um, about how do you determine what length your video should be, especially on a produced video? Right. That's a, a pretty common question, a good question, because it really depends on, goes back to that video purpose or video goal. So obviously, if you're doing a video interview like this or a podcast or a webinar, you have to have, you know, you've got a lot of content and it can be as long as it needs to be. If you're doing a promotional video or a sales video, then, you know, really, I used to say three minutes, then I said two minutes. Now I'm saying, you know, if you can do this in under a minute and get the message out, then that's great just because people's attention spans are so limited. I, I would agree with that. And, and I, you know, the shorter, the better. If you can say it in one minute, uh, great. If you can say it in 30 seconds, great. If it's a 10 minute message, though, take, take all 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's, that's what, what you need. So yeah. it's one of those, um, it depends questions. It's like, you know, no longer than <laughs> it needs to be. What's the situation? What's the context? Mm -hmm. and when it comes to tools, uh, do you think that, you know, having a, a phone uh, that's, that's a, you know, current model the last year or two is sufficient at this point? Even um, the video is great. Is the audio good enough? Yeah, it really is. Again, you know, the, the thing with audio, if you're using a smartphone and iPhone, if you're outdoors, obviously all bets are off because you can't really control the environment. But for the most part, you know, people are sort of doing these video selfies like this. And um, if the phone is not more than an arm's length away, you're usually pretty good in terms of audio. And uh, I, you and I are both members of the Shankmind's uh, mastermind group. And, and I know that Peter Shankman uses video quite a bit. He'll do live videos from the streets of New York or wherever he yeah. is. Uh, and he'll just, he'll just turn it on and, and go off on for, for four or five or 10 minutes or whatever he needs. Uh, yeah. Is that something that, that works for everybody? Or is it, is it a more personality driven thing when you get to that point? Just I think to be it, able is, to you know, it is, it does have a lot to do with your personality. Like I'm an introvert. I would much prefer to do a webinar or a little bit more of a controlled environment. Um, other folks love the immediacy of something like Facebook live or like what Peter does with videos. Um, you know, as a TV guy, it took me a long time to, to sort of get over the landscape issue. Like most people will do video landscape, but everybody on the phone now is doing it, um, you know, horizontal. And, you know, that's just the way it is now. Everybody's seeing videos like this. Um, but a lot of it has to do with your personality. I, I talk about finding your video sweet spot. And what that really means is what's the, the best platform, the most appropriate platform for you, the one you're most comfortable with. And, you know, go with that because if you're trying to do something that's, you know, really far outside your comfort zone, you're probably not going to do it very often. Is there a place for tools like, um, you know, let's say GoPro videos that you're pre-recording doing some sort of thing? Uh, and what was the other thing I was thinking of? Or like the 360 cameras, virtual reality. Do you talk about that in the book? Are those things that people get into or is that kind of still not quite in the mainstream? A little bit. Um, again, that's you know sort of like the next tier of people who are more video purists and want to kind of be on the cutting edge, and especially the 360 stuff, which is fascinating. Um, but again, that stuff moves so quickly; it's uh, like you know sort of like the uh, app du jour. So I try and go back to things like you know, well, what are the principles? What are you trying to accomplish with the video? You know, if you're just trying to make a pretty picture, that's one thing. But if you're trying to get a message out, what's the most effective way? to get that message out. And oftentimes it's just picking up the phone and talking. Exactly. Uh, you know, a couple of things that have, I'm just thinking of some of the video that have been, has sort of got my attention and tranced me. And I, I'm a, I'm a, I, 
like to think I'm a photographer. We'll see, <laughs> you know, but I was taking pictures as a kid. My dad had a dark room. I learned how to do all the black and white in the dark room. So I, you know, I, I had a, a 35 millimeter way back when. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm really re entranced with what people do with pictures and a couple of things that have struck me. I, I saw some drone footage recently from, mm -hmm. um, I think it was uh, Venice, which yeah. was like four or five minutes just flying over the city. And that just fascinated me. And it fit the guy because he, he's a photographer and he, and he sells mm -hmm. trips and things like that. Another thing was a guy who is in the maritime industry and he put a yeah. camera on his, on the ship that he, that he works on and it went around the world or, you know, it was like wow. a 10 or 15 minute time lapse uh, of going into these ports in Hong Kong and, and mm -hmm. Japan and all this stuff and out of the wide open ocean and then and at night and the stars going by. And in, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't stop watching it because it was just so cool. You know, but he, this guy does a lot of video on his YouTube channel from his cabin, basically his room yeah. inside the ship and talking about what it's like to be in the maritime industry. And he's a photographer as well. So he's using his skills and hobby to promote what he's doing. Cause he, I think helps people get into the maritime industry and tells them, you know, what's good about it. What's Oops, not good. And those types of things. So, yeah. Is that me or you? Uh, are you there? Can you hear me? Hello. He's frozen. Are you frozen? You're oh, back. <laughs> sorry, I, uh, I don't know what happened there, but I froze. Well, I got a little thing that says your internet connection is, is not good. So, uh, okay. and, then, and then you froze, and then maybe you didn't see me. I don't know. <laughs> yep. I, um, so you were asking about... Um, well, the types of video, you know, people are using you know, time-lapse and drones and things like that, and there's a time and place for that. Does yep. your book focus, focus more on business aspects of how to use it to get a message out and how to craft that and how to use video in what platforms those are? That's yeah, exactly. Uh, like I said, the technology is going to change, which is great because now, you know, like you said, those, uh, the drone footage is really fascinating, uh, but we're only limited by our, our imagination. But again, it all comes back to the content and the message. So even if you've got a drone uh, video if it's you know there's nothing compelling about it um, like I see some people now doing drone footage of you know the fires in, in California and things like that so obviously it's very compelling but it comes back to you know what's your message and what's the best way to get that message out there should you hire a spokesman or a spokeswoman uh, I, I don't believe so I mean I think that the beauty now of video is that it's available to the masses and we all sort of have our own uh, instant TV station 24-7 anytime anywhere on any device and um, I think people want to see real people and um, you know unless you know if you've got a corporation obviously if you're a more traditional advertiser that may make sense but I think uh, at this point uh, now that we all have the ability to do video anytime people want to see the, the person behind the company. So what if uh, someone's never done live video or never produced a video, where do they start? What kind of tools do they need? Let's say they got a smartphone, they got a small business. What kind of things do you advise them on? I think the lowest hanging fruit for online video, in my opinion, really right now is Facebook Live. I mean, you can pick up your smartphone and with literally two taps on the phone, you're broadcasting live. And the nice thing about Facebook Live is you can control what audiences see it. So if you wanna do a dry run where you're the only one doing it just to get comfortable with the technology, you can do that, or you can do it to your a group or your entire Facebook profile. So I think that right now is probably the easiest way. It doesn't really require any, any editing. It doesn't require a lot of prep. As long as you have something interesting to say, you're good to go.
So how do you find that thing that's interesting to say? Uh, obviously, with a business and you want to get your, your ideas out, uh, how-tos are a good place to start, I would think. Are there other things that, you, that come to mind? Yeah, and, and um, I think in terms of, you know, when you're at trade shows, obviously, and, you know, what are the things that people are asking you? What are those frequently asked questions? What are the things that, that you know, uh, people would be searching on YouTube or Google? So I try and look at it in terms of, all right, I'm going to answer those common questions, those frequently asked questions, and start with that. Uh, because that's really what you know most people want to know. It kind of comes back to me uh, for the the content of a blog. It, it can't be self serving. It's got to be helping the people that read it. Otherwise, they won't they won't care how many awards your company won. They want to know how you can solve a problem. So if you can address those issues, like you say, the frequently asked questions, if you can answer mm-hmm. those, and do it in a fun way on video, uh, just pick a question and answer it, and you're you're in and out in sixty to ninety seconds. That seems to be a, a good way to start. Exactly. Um, and, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary, our old pal Gary V started, you know, with a, a card table and, right. uh, you know, a crappy camera talking about wine and wine tasting. And that's what, you know, his background was. And, and again, it was all about the content. It certainly wasn't about the production. And, right. Uh, but he had a personality that was very sort of engaging, uh, as you well know. I, yeah. I remember seeing a speech by him. Uh, I, I had no idea who the guy was, and, and someone shared a link. I'm not sure. It's been eight or ten years. And I saw this young guy come out with a ratty T-shirt and holy <laughs> pants. And, and, and I thought, well, and, and this is back when I taught public speaking. And I thought, well, he's blowing all the rules right now. Yeah. But I couldn't stop watching because he was so passionate about what he believed in. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what comes through. So if you're passionate, I think that's, that's one of the keys as well. Yep. And as you said, you know, with blog posts and things like that, it always comes back to the, the viewer or the reader is thinking, you know, we have a radio background. So the, the, the radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me? Right. Um, so if you're always approaching video in terms of what does my viewer want to know? How can I help them solve a problem? Um, you know, answer a question for them, then you're going to do fine. Cool. Lou, it's been great to talk to you. Uh, let's tell the folks how they can find you online. Great. And I'll do uh, the and show off the book. <laughs> um, the best way to find me is at lubortone.com. Uh, and if you want to check out the book, it's at lubortone.com forward slash rules, R-U-L-E-S. Very good. Lou, it's been a Thanks, pleasure. Man. Have a great Bye. day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks again to Lou Bortone for being part of today's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee, our trade show tip of the day. Uh, comes from Exhibitor Magazine. A look at uh, ways to save money at an exhibit, especially on graphics. So let's look at three different ways. Uh, this comes from a longer article on, I think, 25 ways to save money at a trade show. But some of the tips on graphics include design strategically. Um, more often than not, you can't reuse graphics that contain show-specific messages or booth numbers because that you know you're not going to be in the same booth number, even if you're at the same show next year. So uh, consider in-house graphics design talent and stock photography, which will further cut costs in the design phase. Uh, design graphics in which 80 to 90% of the components remain consistent show to show and only 10 to 20% you need to swap out. So keep that in mind. Uh, produce graphics judiciously. So if you're buying banners and posters or just about any graphics component that does not fit into an existing frame. Uh, don't go running to your exhibit house for or graphics design company to produce them. This is according to Jerry Samuels, who was uh, CTSM and manager of conventions at Bayer Healthcare. Uh, price out other options such as local advertising or sign shops. It can often replicate the same quality at a fraction of the price. Uh, you also might look into uh, getting those 
produced in the city that the show is at. So you're shipping only one way because you have them produced there. You pick them up and then you ship them uh, back home. And when it comes to material selection, I always inquire about stock sizes. For instance, if you've got something designed, as you put it, 58 inches wide, but their stock goes, you know, 48 inches, they'll have to seam it together and uh, that can cost money. So find out what their stock size is before you uh, do it. Otherwise, it'll double your costs. And finally, switch to digital. Digital's happening. There's monitors in virtually every, uh, you know, trade show booth, it seems like. And so a lot of people are switching to digital, which makes it much easier to uh, get more lifespan and changes out of your digital graphics. Instead of printing something, you just swap out a file and put a new thumb drive in the bag, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and unless you're creating like a really uh, whiz-bang uh, multimedia presentation, you don't need to hire a full-scale production agency. You can get a freelance artist, a designer, eager animator who will do the same work for about half the price. So those tips come from Exhibitor Magazine. And to wrap up today's show, here's one good thing. It's the brand new uh, Foo Fighters CD, which is called Concrete and Gold. I've always been a Foo Fighters fan since uh, way back when. Uh, come and go on their music a little bit because some has been great, some is not so great, but uh, most of it's really fun. But what I really like about this album is that as time goes by, they've shown a lot more maturity, but they still keep on really rocking. I mean, I don't think anybody out there rocks quite as hard as the Foo Fighters, so that's the new one. That does it for this week. Have a great week, and I'll be back next week with another edition of the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. <laughs>